remember uh, the people of Ukraine in our prayers, amen? It's heartbreaking what's going on over there. But God is faithful. God will provide. I believe that. Amen? You guys can hear me, huh? God is good. Give me a sec to get myself settled up here. So we got good news, guys. It's only 91 days away from Father's Day. It's close enough for some dad jokes. I got a reputation, right? I got to live up to it. But before I start, I'd like to give some advice to my fellow dads. Guys, if there's one thing that we all have in common, it's that we like to take naps. However, sometimes it's hard to do that with a noisy household. So here's a tip. Next time you want to take a nap, tell everybody in the house, I'm going to take a nap. And when I wake up, we're all going to do chores around the house. You won't hear a peep for the rest of the day. Enjoy your nap. <laughs> Follow me for more advice. <clears throat> I've always told my kids, you know, to really study in school, especially at math, because math really is the only subject that counts. <laughs> it's hard to be a dad sometimes, you know. But I will tell you this. If your daughter wants to learn to drive, you shouldn't stand in her way. <laughs> I told my wife the other day I saw an alligator on the, work, on the way to work. She said, how do you know it was on the way to work? So what if I don't know what apocalypse means? It's not the end of the world. <laughs> What's a missionary's favorite car? Convertible. <laughs> what kind of phone did uh, Delilah use? Samson, of course. <laughs> Sometimes I just feel thankful, you know, because without the Venetians, it would have been curtains for us all. Here's a neat one. Tablets were replaced by scrolls. Scrolls were replaced by uh, books. Now we scroll through books on tablets. <laughs> How does that work? <clears throat> a teacher asked their class one day to talk about their fears. One little boy said, I'm afraid of the dark. One little girl said, I'm afraid of heights. Little Billy said, I'm afraid of evil Amen. The teacher said, evil Amen, who's that? He said, I don't know, but the preachers always say, and deliver us from evil, amen. <laughs> I told that joke to Pastor Robert one morning, and we happened to be singing the, the song, The Blessing. Amen. He's looking at me, trying, grinning down here, you know, trying to keep it straight. If a pig loses his voice, does he feel disgruntled? Okay, one more, and then we'll, we'll get started. So a pastor uh, decided to visit his church members one Saturday. At one particular house, it was clear to the pastor that someone was home, but nobody came to the door. He knocked and he knocked, but no one answered. So finally, he took out a card and he wrote on the back, Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and him with me. 
The next day, the same card showed up in the offering plate. But underneath the pastor's message was another verse of scripture. It read Genesis 3.10. I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. It's time for the word. If you love God's word, say amen. Amen. If you look in your bulletins, uh, you'll have some notes you could follow along with the sermon. And let me pray. God, I just thank you for the honor of us standing in your house among your people and sharing your word, Lord. I pray for your blessing today. I pray, God, that not just one person would be blessed, Lord, but that everyone that hears your word would be blessed, that we know that we're in your presence, God. I pray it, and I believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I don't know if um, everybody here knows this, but every Saturday we meet here uh, for prayer. There's a small group that meets for prayer at 6.30. We don't have any agenda. We just come together and we pray. We fellowship a little bit, but mainly it's about prayer. And um, it was at one of these meetings, I'm a part of that, and, and it's been a blessing, that this word breakthrough came to me. And it made an impression on me. And I prayed about it, and I've been praying about it ever since. I pray about it uh, for myself. I pray for you guys here as a congregation. I pray for my uh, family. And I believe that it's, uh, it's a particular word that we all need at some point in our lives. There are so many areas in our lives where we need breakthrough. In our careers, in our finances, our relationships, our physical and spiritual health our mentality, even the small things in our lives sometimes require a breakthrough, like our hobbies. Like anybody here bowl over 100? Not usually the first time, right? It takes some practice. As a worship leader, I've come to realize that breakthrough is something that we need continually. I pray uh, that we have breakthrough in our worship. I pray that we don't just scratch the surface and it's not superficial. I pray that we can go deep into God's presence, all of us, and worship in spirit and in truth. Like the word says, there's peace in God's presence. There's love. There's power. There's rest. There's healing and there's strength. Amen? Amen. I don't want to get um, too distracted talking about worship, but I would like to say this. When you hear me talk about the worship team, I'm not talking about just these guys up here on stage. I'm talking about you too, because you're part of the worship team. You're included. You are not the audience. God is the audience. Amen? Amen. The Bible says in Psalms uh, 34, it says, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. The key word there is together. We do it together, right? Amen. Okay, so life is a journey. We're always growing. We're always moving forward, and we're doing our best to improve. But there will always be obstacles. There will always be uh, obstacles to overcome. There will be delays. There will be hindrances, stumbling blocks. And that's when breakthrough comes in. But you know what? We serve the God of breakthrough. Psalm says, uh, my help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Amen? That's something we should remind ourselves quick story from the Old Testament. There was an occasion uh, when King David and his men were surrounded by the enemy, the Philistines, and it seemed like they were going to be defeated. 
But David prayed and he sought God and God gave him a plan and they were able to fight their way out. And David commemorated that place and he named it the Lord who burst through. Now here's the good news. The same God that showed up for David will show up for us in our time of trouble. He is an ever-present help. Amen? So if we're going to experience breakthrough, we need to understand its true meaning. And a good place to start is with a simple definition. So the first one is a breakthrough is a sudden advance, especially in knowledge or technique. Ever watch a, a, a baby as it learns to walk? We all have, right? They're so cute. First, a child stands up, up on his own two feet. It's not a big deal. I can do this. Then he lets go of that little coffee table or whatever it is he's holding on to, and he's on his own two feet. And we're there encouraging him. We're like, come on, come to dad, take a step. Kid gets so excited, you know. Little foot comes up, little leg comes up. You already know what happens. He falls. He immediately falls. Now, is this a failure? No, because a moment later, he's back on his feet. And that's an early lesson we learn, but it's, some, it's one that we sometimes forget. A setback is not a failure. A delay is not a failure. You can write this in your notes. We only fail when we quit. So he's back on his feet, but learning to walk is not easy. A few more baby steps. And down he goes. And this is hard. This is a struggle. But he's determined. He sees other people walking, and he's encouraged. If they can do it, I can do it. So he keeps at it, and eventually he makes it all the way across the room. And we're there, and we're encouraging him, right? He gets so excited. We're like, yes, you're a big guy. You can do it. Success, accomplishment. I can walk. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's experienced his very first breakthrough, and it's awesome. So the idea of a breakthrough suggests a preceding struggle that finally peaks and finally finds a resolution. Often we look for the easy way, and that's understandable, and that's wise usually. Why make things uh, hard if we don't have to, right? However, the easy way isn't always the best way. If everything were always easy, we'd always be a bunch of weaklings. The Bible says that trials produce perseverance. Breakthrough is not easy. It's something that we work for. They say that the greater the struggle, the sweeter the victory. You've heard that, right? As somebody that uh, practices music, I get to experience that quite often. See, when when you're learning a new song... Sometimes they come easy, and that's great. I love it when they come easy, believe me. But other times, they're not so easy, and it's a struggle. It's like you try and you try, and you keep messing up. But you keep at it. You keep at it until you get it. And eventually, you could play it all the way through with no mistakes. Then you play it a second time, and it's not as hard. And you play it a third time, and it's easy. And that is a sweet feeling. The greater the struggle, the sweeter the victory. Okay, the second definition for breakthrough is this. An act or instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle or barrier. If you're a fan of football, you've probably heard of Emmett Smith. 
the NFL's leading all-time rusher. This man had more career yards than any other running back in NFL history. That's quite impressive. He knew something about breakthrough. I mean, this guy's job was literally to run through a wall of men who were trying to stop his advance, who were trying to tackle him and bring him down. He knew about breakthrough. This is something that uh, Emmett, Emmett Smith says. He said, I may, I may lose and I may win, but I will never be defeated. Now, if we want to have breakthrough in our lives, that's the attitude that we need. Winners never quit. Quitters never win, right? Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Key word in that verse is if. We only reap a harvest if we do not give up. That's what it takes to experience breakthrough. We don't quit. We don't give up. The Apostle Paul said, I press toward the mark. I run for the prize. I labor for the Lord. Okay, our last definition definition of breakthrough is this. A person's first notable success, like when an actor has that breakout role that launches his career or a, a songwriter writes that hit and the world loves it. That's what breakthrough means, success, advancement, gain. Doesn't that sound good? Improvement. To paraphrase Neil Armstrong, it's not just a small step, but it's a giant leap forward. So how do we take part in this? How do we experience breakthrough for ourselves? Like Bruce Lee said, knowing is not enough. We must apply. Willing is not enough. We must do. The first step to getting what you want out of life is this. Decide what you want out of life. So where do you need breakthrough? Think about that question. Consider your answer because we're going to come back to it at the end. Now, here are four areas that we all need to experience breakthrough in. Number one, we need physical breakthrough. We need healing. We need strength, deliverance. Sometimes we develop uh, bad habits. We do things that are unhealthy, right? And old habits are hard to break, but not impossible. Matthew 19, 26 says, with God, all things are possible. I'll share a personal testimony. One of the vices that I really had trouble uh, with was smoking cigarettes. I started smoking when I was a boy, and I was heavily addicted. I smoked about a pack per day, mobile reds. And uh, I could remember at the time hearing my grandmother give this testimony of how she smoked for 25 years. And when she wanted to quit, she went up and she had the church pray for her. And the church prayed for her and she was delivered. She had no problem quitting. God took that desire away. And when I heard that testimony, I wanted that for myself. But that wasn't God's plan for me. God's plan for me was to struggle through it, to fight through it. I'd go up there, and I'd uh, request prayer, asking to be delivered and set free. Then I'd go home, and I'd have a nicotine fit, and I'd light up a cigarette. (laughs) Afterwards, I'd feel ashamed. I'd feel uh, like I was weak, and I'd wonder, you know, why God? Why can't I be delivered? Why can't I be set free? I'd feel unworthy. I'd feel embarrassed. Apostle Paul experienced this. 
He said in Romans, he said, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And that's exactly how I felt. And it went on for years. I couldn't understand it. Why, God? Why can't I beat this thing? But now that I'm past it, I know why. Because I know when I think back on it, I'll never do it again. I know how hard it is to get out of that pit, so I'm not going to jump back in it, right? And that's what it took for me to learn. God knew, knew that. God knows exactly what it takes, right? I thank God for that struggle. I thank God because I'm past it now. And because I went through it, I know not to judge others. I know exactly what it's going through. And if you're in a spot like that, I just want to encourage you, don't stay depressed. Don't let it get you down. Each new day is a new opportunity, right? David encouraged himself in the Lord. Psalm says, uh, why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So God cares about our physical health. He cares about how we treat our bodies. 1 Corinthians says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, whom you've received from God, you are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So what about dieting and exercising? Is this an area where we need breakthrough? You betcha. Amen. Yes, indeed. So according to our research, your potential for physical strength peaks at age 25. After that, it starts to decline. But I can tell you from my own experience at the age of 47 that I'm stronger now than I was 10 years ago because of physical exercise. Now, I know at my age that I may not get, continue to get stronger, but you never know. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to try to maintain as long as I can, right? God cares about how we treat our bodies. <clears throat> First Timothy says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. You know when you see a couple that go to the gym, gym together, that they really want their relationship to work out? <laughs> Remember, seven days without prayer makes one week. What about physical healing? Some of us need healing in our bodies. God is able. Amen? You believe that? Maybe that's where your breakthrough comes. Some here maybe have suffered for a long time. Let's look at this story in the Gospel of Mark. Beginning uh, at chapter, uh, verse 24. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 12 years is a long time, y'all. If this were today, she would have been bleeding since 2010. Consider that. That's a long time. And in Jewish culture, she would have been considered unclean. And if someone was unclean, contact was forbidden. 
For 12 years, she was rejected by society because of her sickness. You think she needed breakthrough? I'm sure she was desperate. But let's read on. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately. I love that word there, immediately. That's where the breakthrough is. After 12 years of suffering, immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd, and he asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. This poor woman. She had been scorned and denied contact with people for 12 long years, except for the doctors who took her money. So she had pressed through the crowd. She snuck up behind Jesus, and she touched him. Now she was so afraid that she was actually shaking. Imagine if she had done that to one of the Pharisee leaders. What could have happened to her? But Jesus didn't reject her. He didn't deny her or he didn't become angry. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. How wonderful that must have sounded to her. He called her daughter. That's exactly what she needed to hear. How awesome he is. We serve a wonderful and loving God. And here's the good news. The same God is here today. This is his house we're in. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Amen? All right, our uh, second area where we need breakthrough is our emotions. We were created to be emotional. We are made to feel things. The God we serve is emotional. The Bible says that God feels joy, compassion, delight, jealousy, anger, even hate. It says that he laughs, he rejoices, he feels glory. And above all, God feels love. God is love. It's not a sin for us to feel emotional. Ephesians says, be angry and sin not. It's when we lose control of our emotions. That's when we're in the danger zone. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. So self-control is the key, right? Self-control is important. Here's another thing. It's not God's will for us to stay depressed. I know that uh, sadness is a very real part of life, and I'd never try to deny that. When we lose someone that we really love, we don't lose that sadness. We can't because we miss them. But that feeling should not dominate our life. Depression is not God's will for us. That's why Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will receive comfort. He meant the Holy Spirit. 
He promised that the Holy Spirit would help us and comfort us. Listen to this passage from Isaiah. It sounds a lot like breakthrough to me. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from the darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Amen. We need to put on that garment of praise sometimes, right? Bitterness, despair, hatred, depression. God can break through all of them. Our God is bigger. He cares about our feelings. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. It's good to declare God's word sometimes, right? Would you say that with me? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. All right, the third area that we need breakthrough in our lives is our mentality, our way of thinking, the attitude of our mind. Now, the heart and the mind are very closely closely, uh, related. So our mentality and our emotions go hand in hand. And just like our emotions, self-control is important in our thought life. And just like our physical habits, our mental habits are also very important. Are you able to stay positive in a tough situation? Or do you panic? Are you prone to negativity, self-doubt, fear, low self-esteem? God can break through all those things. Second Timothy said, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. It gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The King James Version says it gives us a sound mind. Or maybe it's something like pride, narcissism. I know people like that. It's funny how you see that a lot nowadays in people. People thinking they're all that and a bag of chips, right? The Bible says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. That statement is so important that it's mentioned in three different books in the Bible. The book of Proverbs, the book of James, and in 1 Peter. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So how do we stay humble? Well, the way I see it is uh, if any of us have any natural gifts, they should be used for God's glory. They come from above anyway. At the very least, we should acknowledge and thank God. If you use your gifts uh, for your own pride, you totally miss the point and you become obnoxious. That's why you see so many athletes nowadays that are so good at what they do, and yet nobody really likes them because they're arrogant and they're prideful, right? You just kind of watch, hoping to see them lose. I was awarded a, a, a pin for being humble. I said, I'm humble. But then I wore it, so they took it away. We should use our gifts for God, right? And maybe your uh, problem is the opposite. Maybe you think your gift isn't good enough or big enough. Use it for God anyway. 
Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. God can take your small gift and multiply it. Like when that kid shared his lunch with the disciples and ended up feeding thousands of people. Remember that little stone dropped that big old giant. God can take what little gift you have and, and, and cause it to grow. Amen. Amen. I heard a preacher say once that uh, the number one prayer request that people have is for peace of mind. People need peace to deal with the troubles in their lives. That is the number one prayer request, and that is exactly the right thing to do if you need prayer. I mean, if you need peace, to pray. Let's look at Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Amen. I love that verse. So we pray for peace of mind, and we focus on the good, the positive things. You've probably heard that expression, feed your head. You've heard that, right? Well, if you have to feed your head, feed it the bread of life. The best mental diet is health food for your mind. You ever get a song stuck in your head? Or what about when you watch a television show and you kind of think about it all that day? wanting that evening to get back to it. The things that we input stick with us, right? It's said that uh, religion brainwashes people, and often that's the case. But that isn't the only place that that happens. I've always found it funny that it's called television program. Why do you think it's called that? Because we're getting programmed. They're programming you and I, the viewers. You don't, there's agenda there? then you should sit down with your kids and watch some cartoons that they're watching some days. It's not even hidden anymore. It's very obvious. How many things do you think you've learned throughout your life from watching TV? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Ooh, trying to do that whistle. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that TV's bad. What I'm saying is the things we watch and listen to matter. They influence our lives. The eyes and the ears are a gateway to the heart and the mind. Most of us wake up every day and immediately turn on the news. It's no wonder that we're anxious. It's no wonder that we're worried. Now, those, are, those things are important. We need to know what's going on, but we can't neglect the word. Instead, we should start our day with the gospel, literally the good news. If we want to experience breakthrough in our mentality, the gospel is the key. There's freedom from worry, self-doubt, and negativity. We can fill our minds with the things that are good and pleasing and virtuous, that are noble. Listen to testimonies of God's power, his goodness. Read and hear the word of God. Jam out to some gospel music. Stay positive, blessed, keep God close, amen? Amen. So our fourth and final area of breakthrough is spiritual breakthrough. Now we're nearing the end. 
here, y'all. We're going to close here soon. <clears throat> Genesis 2, verse 7 says, The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Sad news, you guys. We're made from dirt. We start as dirt and we end as dirt. But that's just a part of us. Our spirits come directly from God, the breath of life. And our spirit lives on when our bodies fail. Remember the last words that Jesus spoke? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So spiritual breakthrough is the most important of all. The Lord said that we need to be born again. We all need to be born again. And here's how that happens. John 11, 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? This is a powerful verse of scripture. And it ends with that question. Do you believe this? You see, there's a purpose to this life. And that purpose is to live for him. To love him like he loves us. He died for us so we can live for him. Do you believe this? Because that's the only way to achieve spiritual breakthrough. Now, I asked you earlier, what do you need to experience breakthrough? Where do you need to experience it? Now is the time, and God is here. Right now, do you believe this? Do you want to respond? If you want to respond to this message, if you know that you need breakthrough in your life and you don't want to do it alone, you want God's help, I'm going to ask that you stand right now and lift your hands. Where does my help come from? From my God, the maker of heaven and earth. Do you know him? If not, then today may be your day for spiritual breakthrough. It's up to you. You have a choice. It's your choice. This life can be lonely, but you don't have to go through it alone. There is a God who will never leave you. If you need to know him, then pray this simple prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I have heard your word and I believe. Please forgive my sins and make me a part of your family. Help me to live my life for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, angels in heaven are celebrating with you right now. As for the rest of us, we're going to pray too. See, we all build walls around ourselves. We try to guard ourselves. The problem is those walls become our prisons. Where do you need God's breakthrough? What has been holding you down? What keeps you from going further with God? Maybe it's fear or shyness, anger. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need to be delivered or set free. That wall needs to come down, whatever it is. 
when the people of God lifted their voice, the walls of Jericho fell. When Paul and Silas praised the Lord, their chains fell off. The same God is here to set you free. Do you believe this? Let's pray. Father, you said that if we seek you, that we'd find you. We believe you, God. We're seeking you, God. You said that if we humble ourselves and we pray, that you'd forgive us, you'd heal us. Lord, we ask for forgiveness. We ask for healing. You are good to those who seek you. Son sets free is free indeed. Lord, we pray for those walls to crumble right now. Pray for chains to fall off. Thank you, God. I thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise, Lord. Restore us, God. Set us free. Pray this in Jesus' name. Glory to you, Father. Glory to you. Amen. 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 Well, that's it for the word. And uh, we're going to have an exit song. So, band, if you guys want to come up. God is good. Amen. We serve the God of breakthrough. Get to turn in your communication card to the ushers. Marty won't let you out the door otherwise. <clears throat> Look what 